what makes me an unstoppable woman is that I know that I am in the right vehicle and I am heading the right direction. And frankly, that God is for me and not against me. Okay, welcome, welcome. I'm super excited to have Debbie Heiser here on the podcast, and she is going to be one of our spotlit, unstoppable woman spotlights, if you will. She is a longtime client of mine and overall fabulous human being. And I'm going to just turn this over to you, Debbie, and let you introduce yourself. The idea behind this podcast is to help people understand what the journey is like going through massive up-leveling in your life and your business. So um, listen in, and I hope you learn lots from Debbie. I'm going to just be the, the person feeding questions, and I'm going to let her rock and roll. So Debbie, take it away. Tell everyone who you are and what your world is. Give, give them some context. Great. Thank you, Amira. I am honored to be here. So thank you for having me as your guest. And as Amira said, my name is Debbie Heiser. I'm the owner of Three Vines Consulting and Leadership Development and the creator of Lead Your Life. And I help entrepreneurs make a lot of money doing what they love. And part of what I help them do is figure out what it is that they love to do. Um, and so when I think about that and where I'm at today, I think back to when I first met Amira and someone invited me on a friend ticket to a summit. And I went to that summit back in 2018 and I laugh because there's been so much and I laugh in a good way. There's been so much transformation in my life from the confidence level that I have to interacting with other high vibrational women to even the clothing that I wear. Although occasionally I'll still have my moments. <laughs> but, um, hence the a stylist is next on the list. But um, looking at that, I look at that Amira and to me that the result of that speaks volumes, how much faster I am at making decisions, how I step into the fear versus let it take over my life. Um, there's so much. So I am happy to delve into any of that you want me to. But all I know is for anybody listening, if you get nothing else out of this, if you're questioning making an investment in yourself and working with Amira, just stop questioning it and do it. I did not set her up for that, but thank no, you, you very much. So let's let's go back to 2018. Let's yeah. start the journey there. Who was that woman that walked in? I, I mean, I have a crystal clear vision of that woman because I, I like I have these snapshots of people at different times. And yeah. I remember you at that summit. But how would you describe that woman at that summit? I was broken and I was exhausted. And I was in the hamster wheel and not leading a very lit up life. Um, I was unhappy. I didn't really, I knew why, but I didn't really want to face why. And so I, I was at, I was at a bottom and, you know, I look at it and I think, you know, from an intuitive perspective, my friend that invited me to the summit and asked me to come knew I was at that point and I left as one woman and I came back as another. Yeah. Left to come to the summit as one and came back as another. So what was the, I mean, it, that was 
three years ago. So, you know, you have to transport yourself back, but what was the thing that had you thinking, Oh, maybe I should attend the summit. Like I, I forget even who your friend was, who, who brought Misty. you Misty. Misty, of course, Misty. Okay, great. I love that. Um, like, why did you say yes in the, like, what was the thing that the, the little hook for you for saying yes? Was it just Misty saying you got to do this? Yeah, Amira, to be really frank, and, and so I'm thinking other people are in the same boat, although if they're listening, they've heard of you. I had never heard of you. And so when Misty reached out to me, I have full faith and trust in Misty. And she just said to me, we both share a faith base. And she said, I just feel called that you need to attend this with me. And I'd love it if you came. And we got on the airplane and talked the entire way there and talked about how worn out I was and I just didn't know what to do next. And then I step into the room and there's all these high vibrational women. And I'm like, wow, I want to be like them. And I remember one in particular person being a on stage. And I said, I want to be like her, you know, not, I don't want to be her, but I want to be like her and be confident and be fine with my uniqueness and who I was. And, but I was scared. I was scared to death, Amira. And I, I struggled with kind of crouching inward and stepping out. And I, re I remember so plainly sitting there and for those of you who have been around Mary, you know this, but one of the things that I love about you is you say, what do you want? And then it's interesting because when people answer you, there's this chaos energy and it's like, and you're like, whoa, time out. What do you want? And you kind of bring it back down. And I just remember that moment being extremely vulnerable and just saying, I'm tired basically of doing what everybody thinks I should be doing. And it's time for me to step into doing what I feel called to do. And that, that really was the pivotal moment. I do remember Amira speaking with you and deciding to sign up for private coaching. I think it was a three month um, plan and I had never invested that amount of money in myself before. And it was interesting because I remember flat out lying to my husband and telling him it was less than what it really was. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> no, I know that's new to you because I was so nervous about telling him. And it was because I was nervous about it myself. And I don't feel sick very often. I literally, honest to goodness, thought I was going to vomit. Like I, I was that physically like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. But the minute no. I stepped into it, there was no other way to do it. Yeah. So when you think back now to that, yeah. um, feeling sick, right? Like, oh my God. <laughs> um, how do you explain that to yourself? Like what called you forward into a yes, despite that, like all these physical signs, all the, like, I'm going to put words that you didn't use, but the, the shame of, spending money on yourself. I mean, it was on yourself, but it was on your business as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. like what called you forward anyway? Because a lot of, a lot of women's, you know, I know it's, it's a big deal to make a big step forward like that and say, okay, I'm going to do this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think a lot of women struggle with that and would be, it would be helpful for them, whether they're looking to invest in coaching with me or with someone else or making another investment or purchase in their life that represents, um, a higher level of what they're doing currently in this world. That's different than how they've been showing up to date. Like what, what, what was it that was a yes for you that got you past 
all of that uh, discomfort, quite frankly, and fear, yeah. right? I mean, it's more than Absolutely. discomfort. It was fear. Yeah. Absolutely. And really, to be honest, Amira, I, I was still a little bit afraid until we got into the coaching, right? Like I still was waffling in my head, like, oh my God, why did you do this to, yes, this is the only thing you could do. Like it, it, it made so much sense. But that when I sat there and I remember you giving me a blue scarf, like there was a, a gift that you gave to people when they signed up. And I still have that Navy scarf, by the way. And it was interesting because for me, the, the flip was three things. One was I knew I needed to do something different, but I knew I was so close to it that I couldn't do it myself. I needed help. And I say to people, even though I'm a business coach, I have a business coach because we get too close to our issues or what's there. And I needed your perspective. And you had such a, I'm such a brain person that you had this like logic using the universal laws that just made sense to me. And then the other two, these are subsidiary. That was the main switch. The other two subsidiaries were, I saw the women that you had been working with and were interacting with, I was interacting with some of them and I wanted what they had. They had this peace about them. They had this confidence about them. I mean, it was all this incentric these incentric things that if I, I felt like if I could gain some of that, that then my business, my relationships, all of these things that I was looking at doing differently would happen. And then I saw Tess up on the stage and that's the person that I was like, yeah, she has got her shit together. And I want, I want to be like that. And it was obvious just listening to her speak that, that transformation, I mean, she did a lot of the work too, but because you got to credit yourself with doing some of the work, but you were the guide, you were the Yoda, right? That like <laughs> moved her along in that journey. So those were kind of the three things, but the, the initial one was, I knew, I mean, I was, I was at a low and I knew that if I didn't do something different, that I was going to just, I was going to continue to shrivel and I didn't want that. Yeah. So, so now what's the after story from that? Right. Because yeah. the, the like, look at the way your face because <laughs> you're like, yes, can I share something with you, Debbie? Well, I'm yes. going to, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so my team, we talk about our clients, like we talk about how they're doing, where they're at in the process, what, what, what their needs are, how we can help them. Like we really care. Like yeah. if we have these conversations behind the scenes. We talk about you guys. Okay. And after the last event that we did, we were having our, our powwow and, uh, Beth said, you know, Beth, and she said, yeah. you know, Debbie's now the queen bee. And I'm like, oh, that's fascinating. Now everyone's going to hate that. That's knows you. <laughs> I'm like, like, why is Debbie the queen bee? And cause you're not, you're not at all elitist or, or like hierarchical or any of that, but you have stepped into this role what she was reflecting and maybe i wouldn't use that language myself okay but what she was reflecting is that you have self-ownership that you have started to step into the truth of who you are and i should sh let me rephrase that not just start but you have stepped into the truth of who you are the the journey continues and i know that we continue to work together and all of that but like the, the after version is not just palpable to you. And I want you to share your own words, but it's palpable to people who didn't even know you back then. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I should share that picture with those leggings. <laughs> you have to explain that. You have to explain that. 
Do you remember that picture with you and I together when I was in in the summit at 2018 and it, I had like this tunic on with these like wild crazy leggings and these like grandma shoes and I'm just like oh my gosh to, like to me that's my transformation photo right like yeah. the before and after yeah and yeah. so thank you for sharing that I feel like I have stepped in and you know one of the things Amira no she hasn't set me up to say these things but when I look at this and I look at the journey I did some private coaching with you I did at the time you offered a boot camp I did the boot camp and then to me, that was a, a level up and then it was leveling up again. And I got creative about um, being able to do some of the work that I've done with you and doing the spirit of wealth the first year, which was super transformational. And I, I say this to people all the time. It's the first place that I've been that I could be in a group of 20 plus women that supported each other. And I never felt judged. I never felt like they were questioning my judgment on things. If I asked them to question my judgment, they would, but it became a really good practice in asking for what I wanted from them as well as them supporting me. And that has been super transformational. And I think too, honestly, doing the spirit of wealth and then either continuing to do private coaching with you or do an immersion like to me those complement so well and as you well know we've been doing an immersion and speaking with you every day has continued to up level even further and further and so i'm really looking forward to paris um and doing some additional work with you in a different you know it's when I say same work, it's not the same. It's all, it's so different. Every summit I come away with something different, but it's got a little bit different twist um, as far as being in that receiving and surrender mode. So absolutely. Um, absolutely. I yeah. love that. So let's talk about like one of the things that you really claimed at that first summit and then have actively pursued. And, and this is Debbie's own languaging. This is not anything she got from me was taking off the mask. So yes. can you share about what that meant for you and then how like walking this path and using the universal laws and doing, doing the, the, the inner work and matching it to the outer work in your business has like shifted that experience for you? Cause I think that's a big one for women. Yeah. Thank you. You know, at the time when I said I wanted to step out from behind the mask, it's not that I didn't feel authentic. I felt like I was authentically who I was, but what I, what I started to understand was that I was being authentically who I was based on what I thought everybody else thought I should be. And that was an awareness that came at that summit. Um, you know, I grew up in the Midwest, nothing against the Midwest. I love the Midwest, but there's this, you know, you get married, you have children, you, you go to school, you get married, you know, just like the same kind of routine. And I didn't want that. Um, I mean, I did, I got married, had a child, I'm a grandmother, you know, all of these things. But when I looked at that, that, that mask was more about like, I'm ready to step into who I am. And part of that was really honestly a mirror of figuring out who I was, you know, I had been married now. I'm not saying that you were the cause of the divorce that no, no, no. I ended up getting divorced. But the reason I did is it is a long standing tumultuous relationship. And he and I now are better friends than we were married so that it's a good thing. But I always felt myself holding myself back. It wasn't 
well, he played a role in that too, but I held myself back. And so, you know, leaving there, I had a conversation with him. And even though I didn't tell him the exact amount it was, you know, I, I was talking to him and I said to him, you know, I want to make this much money in my business. I want to make a million dollars in my business. And he was very supportive, but then there started some things that were longstanding. So I looked at that relationship and that was tough. And I would say too, Amira, the biggest piece for me is I really went through some personal transformation that for me in my journey, I felt like I had to, to work on and deal with first in order to step confidently into my business full-time. So now I still had a let's business. Let's talk about that. Let's talk okay. about um, what you had to clean up, you know, law, laws, Law of sacrifice, law of personal responsibility, taking 100% responsibility for your outcomes. What did you have to take responsibility for in your life that you were maybe, you know, sweeping under the rug or not dealing with that set the stage for you to make take massive action in your business? Yeah, the, the law of cause and effect, huge, yeah. right? Um, and I still learn that every day with certain things in my life, right? I'm constantly your, your first cause. Yeah. Um, and then I would say to the law of sacrifice, and I looked at that relationship and it was to the point where it wasn't good for either one of us. And then I looked at the work I was doing and, you know, just a couple of months ago, I quit the job that I had with someone. I understood that I had a loyalty pact around that as well. And it wasn't doing either Jen or I a service really to keep in that, um, and so stepping into my business now full force and having, you know, I doubled my income and like quickly have stepped into it and feel like I'm in this. You doubled in your right income way. in one month. She told me yeah. this earlier today. You know, I track her numbers yeah. every single day that we talk. And yet I, I don't really take it in until someone tells me, yeah, I doubled my income from last month. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, it was. Know, I, I love that. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm like in the specificity of what's happening. So, so, but let's go back because I think that there are a lot of women who are like, oh my God, they're talking about divorce. I don't want to hear anything about it. Yeah. And then there are a lot of women who are like, how did you reconcile your faith? How did you reconcile your agreements? How did you figure out the family stuff around this? Like what made it, what, what made it okay for you to take this action that, you know, and, and again, I'm very clear that I'm not av advocating divorce. I'm advocating full expression of yourself and living your more life growth, growth directive. And if your husband, family, everyone wants to come with you, booyah, right? Like that's awesome. But if, if there, if you've done the work, right. One of the things I coach women on, if they're in similar situations as you is like, do the work. Have you done the work? Have you sh showed up to really like put a new cause into effect in your marriage and, and to, to get a different outcome because you need to start there, which is taking a hundred percent personal responsibility. But if you've done that and it's not creating the kinds of outcomes that you want and the changes, like, how do you reconcile this? You know? So, so what was your story on that? Yeah, Mira, thank you for asking that because I would say that was the biggest struggle that I had because in my faith, um, which is a Christ follower, I, I felt it was a covenant, right? I had made this covenant and that that's a big deal to me. And it took someone actually reaching out to me, interestingly enough, after a Bible study that we had at our house the next day and saying to me, are you okay? 
And I had been dealing with some of this for two or three years. And um, I said, I'm not really sure how to answer you. And she texted me back and said, what I observed last night was verbal abuse and it's not okay. So it, it, it was that kind of instantaneous, I busted out bawling in my office, right? It was that instantaneous, oh my gosh, she's right. And I really have to take a look at this. And I was heading that direction, but it was like, I just hadn't had the push to go that much further. We went to counseling. I mean, th this is a long standing tumultuous relationship. And I kind of have said, um, you know, that there have been, it, it wasn't the summit. It wasn't you that pushed that. And I'm not an advocate for divorce either. And so how I finally reconciled that was that for me, the God I know wouldn't want me to continue to be held back. I felt, I feel a calling to do what I'm doing today with a sense of urgency. And I feel like that's coming from spirit that that is something that is driving me. And so, you know, at that point, my husband and I were not going even in a, in a semi parallel direction in development. It, it went completely opposite and neither one of us were happy. And so it was um, somewhat of a mutual agreement. Um, but I, I kind of kicked that off and it, it took a lot. And I, I was so thankful for my spirit of wealth, um, sisters that I had supporting me through that, as well as my local group of friends. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer, you have to have a tribe and that tribe really helped me, but I continued to step forward and my faith actually helped me with that confidence. Right. I kept thinking if God is for me, who can be against me and correct. Um, yeah. And it's, it's all here and it's all here now. And the people I'm supposed to work with are here. I just have to be open to receive that and also be open to ask for that to, to occur and, and make, you know, you say the demand on the universe, but make that, that awareness to say, I want to follow this. I want to do this and as so, badly as I'm being. Yeah. So, so, so what happens for you? So, so at that point, you know, that God is for you, not against you. Right. And by the way, the, the, the teachings that I teach are, are, um, concurrent. They, they work with, um, Christian teachings, but I don't teach from a specifically Christian perspective in case anyone's listening and confused by that. Um, I just wanted to clarify that, 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 but, but you do come from a, um, a Christ-based, um, perspective when you stepped forward into your purpose and really started to own what you were put on this earth to do, how do you think that that has improved your, um, relationship with God, with spirit, with your faith? Because I think a lot of people um, are in similar positions as you, and they want to know, like, how is it that I can step forward and want what I want and not have it be um, selfish or dismissive of God or dismissive of my faith, but actually in alignment with it? And Are you not, ready for me to preach? Yes, please do. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to grab something. So I'm going to come out of the picture for two seconds. It's interesting to me too, because I always feel like um, spirit works in mysterious ways. And um, a couple of things that I want to talk about. One is part of what I reconciled with this, Amira, is that from a biblical standpoint, we hear love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, the Christian faith and, you know, I you don't teach from necessarily one perspective. So again, I want to reiterate that. And, but my opinion is, is that we forget the second half of that scripture. It says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. 
right? And if I have spirit in me, how can I not love myself? It's not the, it's not an egotistical love. That's not what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. but this love then, then almost like is a, a it requires you to serve, right? It's like, it's, it, it, you want to serve other people. So then what I'm doing and stepping in and owning this is because it's of service to other people. I know what I do works because it's changed my life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, putting multiple things together, whether it be some of the things that I teach through Gonzaga at the leadership school and some of the things I've learned through another program, plus all of that I've learned from you and it, it comes together. And the universal laws and what you talk about, um, it is biblical for those that are listening that are that kind of struggle with us. I even had some conversation with a couple of gals in the spirit of wealth at the last get together about kind of reconciling this to faith. And in my opinion, some of the messages that I've heard through my life is sacrifice yourself, right? Serve others at your at as a sacrifice to yourself. And I believe, and I can't claim this because I wish I could, but Rachel Hollis talks about a vase and how you have this unending supply if you're standing in spirit. But what happens, and a lot of women do this, we pour ourselves out. So when you do that, you cut off receiving that unending flow from spirit. And then you become resentful, you're burned out, you're tired. Where if you stand and allow that to continue to fill you, then you overflow into people's lives, which is so much better. And it's interesting. And part of why I grabbed this book is I started a study because I was wanting to get back to studying some with some people and it's in the book of John. And there are numerous different places that this is referred to, but all of these verses that I was reading talked about abundance, how God wants us to be abundant. And I had to reconcile that because Hallelujah. I, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Because, you know, for so long, I, my subconscious had heard these messages that, you know, it's not okay to be abundant and it is okay to be abundant. Yeah, I mean, it is everywhere. It is everywhere. And the, the, the preaching that says it's not is a bastardization of the truth. It's not, it's not the truth. It's not, it's not God works through desire. Spirit works through desire. Spirit says, everything's here and here for you now. What do you want? When you move towards what you want, you will grow and you will have more. Yeah. It's like, it's never ending, but you have to move forward, which is exactly just to bring this kind of full circle is exactly what you did despite the fear, right? Right. You moved forward despite into what you wanted, despite the fear. And then the after vision is that you're able to integrate all this stuff and be a role model for people and, and, and do your work in this world. So let's talk about some of, some of that. So, so what has changed for you in terms of the kind of work that you're doing and how you're showing up in your purpose? at a, at a deeper level, if you will. Yeah. And Amira, I would also say too, if anybody's interested and wants to hear some of the verses that I talk about that go Mm. through abundance, feel free to however peg ping somewhere. And I'd be happy to share those. Um, but when I think about the work that I've stepped into, I, I feel to the depth of my soul that I'm a healer. I'm a teacher and I'm a healer. And I do that by teaching, by connecting people and by helping people understand and kind of let go of the chains that bind them from the messages that we've grown up with, from the messages that potentially our subconscious brain 
has received and created a belief that is is true to us until we see it otherwise. And I don't think it's any coincidence that I've been talking about mapping scripture to the to the laws and I start this bible study and the first study is about the law of abundance right like right, I, it's right there's there. no randomness <laughs> no we don't live in a a random universe there's no, no such thing as luck it's all it's all ordered it's Absolutely. an ordered universe so okay so then like what have you done differently in your business can you talk about the business side of things for people yeah, actually, a big thing that I did was I did quit my paycheck job um, that I had, which allowed me to step in fully. And it it was a when I say it's a relief, you know, if Jen's listening to this, it's not the same relief of like, oh, my gosh, I have to get away from that. But this relief of feeling like I was finally able to step in fully to what I was called to do. And there's been some learning pains. And I'm so thankful that we've been doing an immersion throughout this, too, because part of it is understanding the structure as an entrepreneur. Timing is different sometimes than when you're working more of an eight to five job. And part of what I've done is I continue to study and learn and I continue to look at and, and look at serving people. Like, how can I serve people and, and still balance to the numbers, right? Still balance those tactical items. But I've had to make some pretty big shifts. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting, as you know, because I'm becoming quicker and quicker at closing. I was just going to, yeah, I was just going <laughs> to talk about that. I wrote down two, three things but I'll, I'll just do two of them. Close the gap on time and time management, which have been like two things that we've really worked on. So can yeah. you talk to people about like your, your stuff, if you will, around time and how that's, um, I'm sort of oh, like doing the underhanded pitch and feeding you here a little yeah. bit, but like, I'm just going to frame it up. So the, the frame is, that Debbie would always put off for three months what can be done tomorrow, right? Like Benjamin Franklin said, you know, don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today, right? So I think I have that little pithy yeah. saying, correct? Yeah. And and um, and Debbie is a, like a classic planner. She's very organized. She's got the most amazing like planner that I've ever seen. She shows it to me whenever we meet, like, look, it's all organized. I'm like, wow, that's outrageous. I love that. And everything is planned for like six months from now, okay? So one of the things that we've really worked on has been closing the gap on time and not putting off the, the stuff that can be done sooner and, and moving through that fear of overwhelm and, and like losing your, your life, except it is your life. So you're not really losing it. But so can you speak a little bit about um, where you were at and where you are now in terms of closing the gap on time, quick decisions, um, and and really that that sense of balance and overwhelm and harmony and all of that yeah it's so funny because when i think about overwhelm i haven't felt that feeling in so long know. you know and um that's awesome by the way can i just say I, that's yes. awesome <laughs> it is because yeah. that was a daily occurrence for me yeah. um and part of that i think was just realizing you know what just do the thing if you just take the action because the more i put it off the more energy that i put into oh my gosh i've got this thing to do right and part of what i've done with my planner even is i don't have the task list but i have like time allotted for certain things like reach out certain things for writing certain things for 
following up. Um, I have study time. And so I leave that part of it open because, and I know what I'm doing during that time. And it helps me then to be able to really focus on that. So that's been some of the time management piece of it. So let me just, let me just speak to that. Hold hold, hold that thought for just a second. So what Debbie is doing there, she's integrating the masculine and the feminine. The masculine creates structure. The masculine has the the boundaries, the rules, the, the, the framework, if you will. So she's creating that. And then she's allowing herself to be in flow, if you will, and in that creative movement, which is the feminine within the structure of those time blocks, which is like one of the things that women entrepreneurs struggle with. Like we generally speaking, not every woman, female entrepreneur, but we generally have a strong feminine side that's been overshadowed by our masculine side. And Um, I have a lot of masculine in me. Like I like to go and do and get it done. And I am very task oriented and I I love like checking it off the list. Okay. But if it's too um, constrained, if my schedule is too constrained, I start feeling um, resentful and I'm like pushing my elbows against the sides a little bit. I need a certain amount of flow in that space. And, And when you can, Uh, articulate that for yourself. And it's, for me, it's an ever moving target, right? It's a constant adjustment um, and paying attention to how I feel without, without saying, if I feel bad, I'm just going to stop. Okay. Because that, that can be a pattern that you create that when it gets hard, you don't break through the barrier that's in front of you. You do have to do that, that, that challenging work sometimes, but having, having that harmony between the masculine and the feminine really allows you to leverage both sides of yourself more on that soon, but like, um, well, and I have to say too, Amira, that thank you for pointing that out because I hadn't thought about it in that way. And to me too, like there is so much more freedom and joy that I've had over this last month, feeling this, like, as I've tweaked this and gotten to that point where I do have, like, I think about it as a bridge across a river where I have the handles but I I'm allowed to weave in that bridge, you know, like there's, there's some boundaries there, but it does allow for that flow. And man, talk about having so much more energy and joy and just feeling really good about that. And then, um, kind of starting to get over my scarcity of time. It still kind of rears its head just a little bit, um, at occasion. And then, um, shortening that gap on time. Part of it is, is like, I just realized, okay, if something's dropping in, yes, my MO is to say three months out. I just had an experience this morning with my creative guru that I called and she's like, why are you putting this off till after the first of the year? Do it in, in November. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, nothing like just a, having a scrunch in time, do it. And it's like, oh yeah, we're getting it from all directions. <laughs> I am, I am. And so even though I feel like I'm making, you know, here I'm a quick decider, I'm making decisions faster than um than I ever have. It it continues, the universe continues to put that demand on me to just keep moving. And for me, it's it's become fun, right? To step into that and say, okay, as a challenge, let's see, let's go do this. I mean, what's the worst thing that's gonna happen? Nobody shows up. I don't think that's going to happen, right? Yeah, you don't even have that as an expectation. You have the expectation that it's going to work. The other thing that that's like I'm I'm reflecting back to you on this is it's it's fun and and it's fun because you've built your confidence Mm -hmm. in it in yourself, 
by doing this enough times, by holding yourself to this higher standard of closing the gap on time, doing it quick, right? Like not waiting yeah. longer to, to take the action than is, is really necessary. And when you do that numerous times, you build your, your capability and your confidence in yourself. And you've started to make commitments to yourself that you keep. And that yeah. too builds this level of confidence. And, and this is how you become unstoppable, which, which in this context, I'm saying is like, you pick your goal and you go for it. And you're like, I'm going for it. Right. You don't have this noise underneath the surface. That's saying, you know, distracting you, sabotaging you, throwing you in a bunch of different directions. Is it ever evolving? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. But like having done this enough times for yourself, what I'm seeing in you is that you have so much more confidence that when your friend says, okay, why don't you do this sooner? You're like, yeah, of course I can. Like there's no, there's not a hesitation there. There's not a, an argument um, yeah. say, saying, no, I can't because alibi, 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 excuse, excuse, excuse. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's interesting that you say that because part of why I decided I couldn't do it in November was I teach a class at Gonzaga that's an immersion and your summit is the first weekend. And the second weekend, my immersion starts on Sunday. And all of a sudden I'm like, I can be creative. I can start it on Thursday and end on Saturday. Why can't I do that? Where even three months ago, I would have been like, oh yeah, we got to wait now until the first week. <laughs> right. Three months later. I'm laughing months at later, myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah. Like the, that, that's a level of awareness jump for you. Okay. Yeah. I teach a lot about these levels of awareness. If you haven't heard me teach on this and you're interested, a little plug to come to the summit. It's going to be amazing. Uh, November 5th, 6th, and 7th in Atlanta and virtual. So we're doing a hybrid event both ways. Come to our website and you'll learn all about it. Okay. Sign up on my friend link so I can beat Devin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's Very funny. I love that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to tell Devin that. That's an inside <laughs> joke, you guys. Just let that one Sorry. pass. Um, so... The, this is about the levels of awareness. Now you're at a higher level of awareness and levels of awareness are not about value judgments. You guys, I just want you guys to know, because sometimes when we think of levels, we go into hierarchy and with hierarchy comes some sort of better or worse value judgment. It's only about your, what perspective you're holding on what you're seeing in this world. And she's raised her level of awareness. So now she can see that she doesn't have to behave in this stalling out way, but she can do something faster and quicker. And when I say, I'll help you achieve your goals faster than you ever thought possible, this is part of it. This idea of let's not put things off. Let's make a decision now to do the thing, the next, the, your next best thing, your next right step. What is that? Let's do that now, not some someday. Yeah. And you know, too, Amira, one of the things that I find is with you helping to close the gap and helping coach people to do that, I can only speak for myself, but what I find is it gets easier and easier as I continue to do it and I become happier and happier and there's this joy, right? It's not just happiness, but this joy that happens Yeah. because I'm not stressed out thinking about, oh God, I need to go do this thing, right? Or, oh my goodness, I've got this left to do and I put it off. And I'm even getting to the point, a friend reached out to me on Facebook and said, hey, would you speak at my 
college level Bible study thing that I do with all these people from across the US. And I'm like, sure. And I picked up the phone and called her right after I saw it. She's like, wow, that was quick. And I'm like, well, what, you know, like, <laughs> why not? Let's do it. Cause I don't want to have to go back and follow up on something now. Let's just do it. 100%. So let's break yeah. that down for people. So what happens is when you go into uncertainty or you go into indecision, meaning a stalling technique, you're using up all your REM, all your energy, all your brain space in the back going, okay, that's an open loop. I haven't closed that. I haven't decided what should I do? Should I do this? Should I not do this? Instead of making a decision, yay or nay, yes or no, I'm going forward, I'm not, whatever it is, you make a decision and then that that energy is freed up for the rest of your freaking life whether you're putting it into your business or your personal life you then have then you're a happier human being you don't feel good when you're in indecision it's a confused place you stay in mired in the muck and and what happens is that people don't make decisions because they have the fear of making a mistake and the fear of being judged or rejected or what what ashamed if they make a mistake but if you go forward and you know well maybe this is going to be a mistake maybe it's not i don't know we we won't know until we go forward but when you do that enough you build your resilience you build your ability to handle whatever comes and then you're like oh yeah well if the, the thing that she invited me to is not good I've learned the lesson and that's great. You know, like I'm you, it's no longer about making yourself wrong, right? Mm -hmm. That whole indecision, it, it implies that you could be wrong. Like you could make a wrong decision and be wrong. Like the, that's the, the follow through thread to that. And instead, when you're like, I'm making a decision, I don't know what the outcome is because we haven't seen, I can't go to the future right now. Okay, but I trust that I'm going to be able to handle whatever comes that takes you out of the possibility of being wrong. And that is energetically freeing. Yeah. And Amira, one of the things, as you said that, that I was thinking about is I remember part of what I would do is because I didn't trust my own decision-making skills. Right. And I had to unwind where that came from. Right. Even as a even as a parent, I did it to my son where you question their decisions, right? And then that gives them question and so on and so forth. But I, I questioned my decisions and I would go around asking everybody else, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And then I would weigh the pros and cons of what everybody else thought about, hence the mask, Yeah. right? And so it was the subtlety to even realize that even after three years, I still can fall into that. But what I'm finding now is I'm not, you know, I might reach out to a few trusted friends to say, here's kind of what I'm thinking, poke some holes in it. Where are you at? But not very often. I mean, I, I feel really confident now in the fact that if it, I know what a decision dropping in feels like. And when that drops in, I don't question it anymore. I, I don't go that. ask everybody else what they think. Cause you know what? They're coming from a different perspective. They didn't get the hit from spirit to do that. So yeah, totally. So let's talk about, let's finish this out by talking about the kind of relationships that you built through joining the unstoppable woman community, both at the summits and the spirit of wealth and all the things that you've done. Can you describe to people how that, that has affected you, how that's changed your life? Yeah, it's changed my life in the respect that I have women now that I feel like I can call on whenever I need and they get me right and it's it's at a much high it's a high vibration 
that allows me to be me. I have, you know, like I have my five people in my envelope locally too, but there are people in that, I call it the five people in your envelope that you let in right to that deep core of who you are. And two of those people are people that are my spirit of wealth sisters. Right. And so, um, it is lifelong friendships. I still keep in touch with a lot of the folks from even the 2020 spirit of wealth. And, now with the 2021 and it's expanded. And it, I love that because it's just all these different perspectives. And I mean, that's changed my life too, to know that there are other women out there that are doing similar things. And I don't mean necessarily the same industry, but building their businesses, building their lives, the lives that they want and they get it. And that support is there. And so that that's been instrumental. That's yeah, it's been life-changing to know, hence why I've never missed going to a Spirit of Wealth event, right? Because it's just so critical. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So thank you for sharing that. Because I think that's a big part of, I mean, the Spirit of Wealth helps people understand the universal laws and it helps people, you know, build their business. We're, we're doing a ton of marketing stuff and tactical stuff and business development stuff in there. We're, we're working on your self-image so that you're changing the subconscious programming. There's all these components to it that I create, but I also facilitate through the law of vibration and the law of attraction, like who comes to that program, who's attracted to that program. And I think it's just really important when you're running a business that you are surrounded by, you call them high vibrational women. I call them like people who are in growth, who get it. Right. And, and that you, because our, our personal lives, you know, sometimes we don't have that kind of support there. So it's really, yeah. it's really important to create it for yourself. So anyways, thank you for that. Um, really quickly, Amira, just yeah. to add on to that, you know, one of the beautiful things that I love about it is I know that any one of the women in the program, especially those that I've gotten really close to, I know that they're going to be honest with me. Yes. Right. Whether honest I want without cutting you down. Not. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But they're going to give me the feedback that I need, not necessarily always that I want, but it's, it ends up being what I want. Yeah. You know, because it, 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 and it's, I can't describe it other than just the fact that I used to tell people I'd much rather go shopping with a friend that tells me the jeans look like shit. I don't want to walk out with jeans that look terrible. Right. And, and I feel like I'm surrounded now by women that will just be honest and authentic, kind and, and, you know, generous about it, but with the intention of helping to support me, um, versus to your point, the cutting down, but they'll be very honest with me and you don't always get that in today's world. So I appreciate you setting up that, that atmosphere for people to do that. Yeah. Thank you. So is there anything else that you would like to share about your journey or leave people with? We have a very diverse audience that listens, generally speaking, it's women who are either just starting their business or been in business for a long time at different levels of their, their business. And they might be new to the personal growth, universal law side of integrating that into their business, or they might be doing it for a long time, but like, what would you, so that's a wide swath of people, but um, (laughs) what, what, what would you say to that woman or a woman like that, who is, you know, on this journey, what, what advice would you give her? A couple of things. One is, is if you're feeling the niggle to work with Amira, do it, do it first, do it automatically. Just 
do it. <laughs> the Nike commercial, um, because you will make any investment back in no time. Um, if you put in the work, right? Like you have to be committed to it. Um, secondly, commit to yourself and trust yourself and surround yourself with other people in your life that build you up versus pulling you back. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. And then, uh, I have one more question for you, but before we get there, where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you do, like, or ask you those questions that you so generously offered to, to answer for people, where, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Facebook. I'm also on LinkedIn as well as Instagram. And then you can also reach out to me and contact me through my website, which is www.3, and that's all spelled out, T-H-R-E-E, V as in Victor, consulting.com. And um, I would love to, you know, if anybody has any questions, particularly from a biblical standpoint, I'd love to have that conversation. So, yeah. Great. I love it. Okay. My last question for you is what makes you an unstoppable woman? What makes me an unstoppable woman is that I know that I am in the right vehicle and I am heading the right direction. And frankly, that God is for me and not against me. I yeah. freaking love it. Yay. So thank you so much, Debbie. This has been super fun. I'm glad you shared your wisdom with all the people listening. And I can't thank you enough. Thanks for being yeah. here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us and for being a part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. I want to let you know that we've got a ton of free resources for you for scaling your business at theunstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. Please go ahead and check those out. And we'd also love your help in getting the message out. Share this podcast with all the unstoppable women in your life, your friends, your colleagues, your business besties. Please do that. And if you're game, we'd super duper duper appreciate a review on iTunes as well. Thanks so much and be unstoppable. Unstoppable.